radical left has taken over the Democratic Party. Hello and welcome to Think Progressively, covering politics and all the other chaos life has to offer. This is episode 51, recorded on Friday, October 1st from Milwaukee. I'm Joe. And I'm Jason. And it's officially spooky season! Yay. I'm not uh, really that much of a Halloween person. Man. It's fine. I was so excited. (laughs) I was like, yeah, let's do this! It's spooky season! I don't really care about any holidays, though. I mean, I I can say (sighs) that... Halloween is my favorite holiday, but that still wouldn't mean anything. Man, I think probably Thanksgiving. I mean, I'm I'm a fat guy. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, but I'll I'll make the same announcement next month. (laughs) I don't look forward to it all the entire month of November, though. Sorry. And on today's episode, we have a discussion about the role of religion in the movement of progressivism. But first, the headlines. The fact is that everything he's saying so far is simply a lie. I'm not here to call out his lies. Everybody knows he's a liar. First up in headlines, we have a story coming out of the MIT Technology Review that found that in 2019, almost all of Facebook's top Christian pages were run by foreign troll farms. So, and I saw this after we picked our topic for today, but I want to talk to you about how religious people can be so manipulated into thinking about these things because of their religion. According to the article, 19 of Facebook's 20 top pages for American Christian were run by Russian and Eastern European troll farms overseas. And they were all of the top 16 as well. So the one that was not a troll farm was also near the bottom of the list. So what do you make of this? That there is a coordinated attempt by, we'll just say Russia. Sure. That's what we're talking about here, Russia and Ukraine. Or any like adversarial nations at all, we'll just say. But that's where these are coming from. These are all Eastern European run to influence U.S. politics and... And one of the things they're doing is using religion. Well, and I remember reading in one of my books about how the United States is actually a perfectly primed country for manipulation because our religion and politics are so intertwined that it's actually very easy to manipulate the masses of religious movements to follow whatever political movement you actually want them to use or do, per se. It is interesting because a lot of times you'll hear that people are wasting their time when they bring up quote-unquote Russia. Gate. Sure. That, oh, that was all misinformation. It was all wrong, despite the fact that there is a lot of evidence that it did happen. The Mueller investigation found multiple people guilty and sent multiple members of the Trump administration to jail for colluding with Russia to influence the election. It happened, and it's continuing to happen. But what are you even supposed to do to show that you have like an inauthentic page that you're dealing with when it comes to Christianity or any other religion for that matter? Because anyone can just make this stuff up. I think that's what concerns me too, is where you have so many people who are primed to have someone just make something up right in front of them. And as long as it makes them feel good in some way, shape or form, then it doesn't matter. Well, all information is basically made up, right? Our our show page is made up on Facebook, but it's earnest and it's not pretending to be something that it's not. Yeah, but compared to what we're doing though, like these are things that you can just say and then immediately be taken as gospel. Literally? Because literally, literally, because yes. Yes. I think the bigger issue is who's behind it and what their intentions are. Because again, any Christian like on this list of the top 20, the one that's not a troll farm is the guideposts page. That's just as made up as as the rest of it. 
Sure. But it's not being run by a government agency looking to influence American politics. I think that's kind of the, the difference and where the separation comes from. Also, according to like the um, MIT review as well, there were also other well-known like leftist and BLM pages that were associated with Russian troll farms as well. So this isn't just like a coordinated attack on the right. It's literally they're trying to hit everything possible here. Yeah, it's again trying to gain influence and a foothold in American politics. So yeah, that's a real thing. So for everybody that mocks Russia Gate or says that all oh, that was all a bunch of nonsense, it's not true and it's something that we do need to be aware of. Certainly not going to pretend that the United States doesn't do the same exact thing mm-hmm. all over the world. Well, and that's also what scares me too is that you don't need an entire like government backed system to do this if you want to sow doubt or if you want to make chaos happen in this country. Facebook will do the rest for you. And that goes back to us talking about Facebook last week where Facebook's algorithm is pushing people towards this type of content. And the angrier it is, the more they'll get pushed. And in this report, five of those pages that are mentioned were still online when they published it, even though they had gone to Facebook and given them this information. Next up, let's talk about some government funding and infrastructure. We talked a big game last week about how something amazing was going to happen by Thursday of this week with Biden's new infrastructure bill. And guess what? Nothing happened. Technically, something amazing did happen. Sure. The Progressive Caucus held their ground. They did. And refused to vote for the bipartisan bill until the Build Back Better bill would also pass. Right, exactly. So Nancy Pelosi never did actually bring this out to a vote. As we predicted. As Yeah, as we predicted because she didn't have the votes for it. And she's, I mean, she's still trying to be the mediator of the whole thing. But, I mean, she's pretty much on the progressive side with a lot of this, at least with, with a lot of her rhetoric she is. So I think she's going to try to push for as high of a number as possible, I would say. And that's what it's going to come down to, is what can they get everyone to agree to? Just today, a piece of news came out showing an older agreement signed between Chuck Schumer and Joe Manchin, detailing basically what Joe Manchin was looking for mm-hmm. out of the bill, which at least means that they are working. Like There had been a lot of speculation that nobody knows what Joe Manchin wants, so apparently Chuck Schumer knows, or at least knew at one point what he wanted. Kirsten Cinema is still up in the air. Nobody knows well, what I, she's looking for. I, just, I don't even get what Kirsten Cinema is even doing. Yeah, she won't say, and no. she keeps making dumb jokes whenever she's pressed about it. Well, and that's what I heard from other progressive commentators, where they're saying, at least with Joe Manchin, you may hate his logic, but you can sometimes like follow it to some point. I mean, at least at the end of it, you can say, yeah, Joe Manchin's a conservative Democrat. That's who he is. He's going to kind of remain that way. So be it. And he's from a conservative majority state. Right. But with Kirsten, it, she's just trolling people. For what? Yeah, she's from a Democratic area of Arizona. At this point, she's not likely to survive her next primary. Well, and that's even if she wants to. I don't understand what was going on. I just also heard that she took the summer off to do like a like a wine internship or something. It, this is insane. She is America's wine aunt. Oh my God. Great. It's the senator we deserve. But something did get done on Thursday. We actually avoided a shutdown by the skin of our teeth. That was always going to happen. I don't know why we still even do this. But yes, there's always going to be a way. There's a million other little loopholes that can be used to extend it Mm -hmm. out. And it's basically funding the government and adjusting the debt ceiling. Well, those are the two big ones right Right. now. So Republicans and Democrats did agree to sign a um, short-term funding bill that will actually push it back to December 3rd, which means 
means we have another month before we go back right to where we were talking about right now, which fantastic, great. And then we also still have to raise the debt ceiling or we're going to have an economic crisis on our hands. Which again, they'll figure it out. Uh, Republicans are being disgusting Republicans about this, where they are just flat refusing, even though the Democrats did work with them three out of the four years that Trump was president. Hard to still say. But yeah, and it's going to happen. They're not going to not fund the government, not pay all the military and themselves. I agree with you. There's no way that that's not going to happen. But you know that's what the Republicans want. It's just political theater. They want The Republicans want their own shutdown, just like how we had it when Trump was in office, where it was awful. And that was what is in the headlines for, what, like three weeks straight because Trump never refused to budge at all. That's what Republicans want now. That's what Mitch McConnell wants right now. Something that's being used quite a bit over the last few administrations as political theater. Sure. And it needs to stop. We need to get rid of that entire process. I totally agree. Next up, let's do the weekly COVID updates. Cue the music. (laughs) We should get a theme for it. I really wish we could stop doing COVID updates. It's been through the entire length of our podcast. (laughs) But first, we'll start with some good news. All right, let's do it. Brett Kavanaugh tests positive. <laughs> the Supreme Court justice who loves beer apparently also loves viruses. But well, we do have to say he was fully vaccinated as opposed to some others. As everyone on the Supreme Court is. Yes. Uh, he is not experiencing any symptoms, so we can all breathe a big sigh of disappointment. Let's show that the vaccine does work. Certainly in the majority of people, yes. Yes. He will likely miss the start of the current session, and he will unfortunately miss the party to enshrine Amy Coney Barrett into the <laughs> Supreme Court. Oh, no. Whatever will we do? They can use that beer budget on something else now. <laughs> Next up, more good news. Merck has developed a COVID treatment pill. Okay. The pharmaceutical company said it will soon ask health officials in the U.S. and around the world to authorize the pill's use. A decision from the FDA could come within weeks after that, and the drug, if it gets the okay, could be distributed very soon afterwards. So is this ivermectin-based or is this hydroxychloroquine-based? <laughs> I think Which it's one? bleach. Okay. <laughs> or maybe sunlight I was that there, you sun- take via yeah. pill. You just have to go like right underneath like a, an x-ray with, with some bleach in you or something like that? The pill works by interfering with the coronavirus's ability to copy its genetic code and reproduce itself. The government, the U.S. government, has committed to purchasing enough pills to treat 1.7 million people. So already they've given a lot of funding okay. to Merck for this. Because, you know, governments fund private business all the time, but Merck will take all of the profits from this. Yay, capitalism. <laughs> Merck said that it can produce pills for 10 million patients by the end of the year and has contracts with governments worldwide. And there are other pills in development by m- multiple pharmaceutical companies, including Pfizer and Roche. Roche? Roche? Got me. That we can also expect reports on their efficacy in the coming weeks and months. The initial statistics on this drug from Merck are that it helps prevent hospitalization in about 50% of the patients it was given to. Okay. The patients, now this is Uh, something. You you have some interesting notes about (laughs) side effects in here, though. Well, that's that always happens with these trials, but sure. Patients have to take four pills twice a day.
day. That's eight pills a day. Jesus. For five days. Side effects were reported by both groups in the Merck trial, so the placebo and the actual clinical group, but they were actually slightly more common in the placebo group. How do you have more common side effects? It's the placebo effect, man. In a placebo. And that's also Uh. like side effects can be literally anything. You listen to those pharmaceutical ads on TV and they, they list them all real fast and they're like dizziness, dry mouth. Upset stomach, they're things that everyone can experience just naturally. So if you have more than 5% of people that report those side effects, you have to list it. That's how it works. One thing to be very clear about. What's that? The early study results showed that the drug did not benefit patients who were already hospitalized with severe disease. So this is not an excuse to not get vaccinated because you have to start taking this, I believe it was within five days of becoming infected for it to be effective. Oh, great. And if you don't realize it or... Your SOL, basically. Right. So still, definitely vaccination is the best treatment because it's preventative. This is a treatment for after you are infected. So don't take this as like, it's going to be a magic cure. It's not. It's a treatment. It's a much more cost-effective treatment than the infusion treatments that we have been using. And it's something that can be transported a lot easier, can, you know, be distributed to the entire world. Right. But it is not the same as the vaccine. And speaking of vaccines, in our final story tonight, in an announcement, YouTube has said that they plan on banning all anti-vaccine content from their platform. And it's about time. No kidding. What about my freedoms? Well, we'll talk about that and shut up. According to CNBC, the new mandate goes into effect immediately and YouTube has already removed pages known for sharing anti-vax misinformation, such as those belonging to prominent vaccine opponents such as Joseph Marcola, Aaron Elizabeth, Sherry Tenpenny, and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And from the announcement itself, YouTube did say, quote, we've steadily seen false claims about the coronavirus vaccine spill over into misinformation about vaccines in general. We're now at a point where it's more important than ever to expand the work we started with COVID-19 to other vaccines. And this is kind of what I talked about, I think maybe it was last week, where now you have the anti-COVID vaccine movement spilling over and just exponentially growing the anti-vax movement in general because of stuff like YouTube. Because once you distrust one vaccine, it's pretty easy to just distrust them all. Well, exactly. And the fact that it took YouTube this freaking long to do something about it is unacceptable. Joseph Mercola should be banned from any platform anywhere on the earth. Well, same with And Ro- he's been that way for years. Well, same with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's been horrible. And I think if I'm correct, like some of these people as well were among like those initial 12 in the Facebook study that like had like was like 60 to 70% of all anti-vax misinformation on Facebook all came from like some of these 12 accounts. Most of them are on the list I just said. And where's the Kennedy curse when you need it? <laughs> no. Just saying, maybe he wants to learn how to fly a small plane. Um run for office? No. 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 Sirhan Sirhan's probably going to get out soon. So <laughs> shut up. Well, let's talk about the whole freedoms bit again because of course conservatives are going absolutely insane about this saying that this is complete and utter censorship and horribleness and whatever first amendment blah 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 America blah blah blah. What would you say to those people? I would say that YouTube is not doing this because they care about banning anti-vaccine sentiment. That they really care that much 
much about Money? protecting the health and well-being of society. You know why they're doing this? Money. Because their advertisers don't want their ads running on anti-vaccine content. Mm-hmm. That's why they're banning. This is 100% free market capitalism in action. So all you free speech warriors, Our this is what of you idea, want. People. This isn't the government stepping in to stop this. And again, it's not even YouTube stopping this because they know it's for the benefit of everyone. They would have done it long before if that was the case. Well, and that's what concerns me. And we talked about this last week with the Facebook files where we are in an absolute crisis right now with misinformation spreading like wildfire across the world. And the only thing that's preventing it from getting so much worse is some kind of capitalism or capitalistic tendencies that are making it so they're not as bad, but the damage is already done. The government needs to get involved with this. And we can't do that because half of our government are crazed individuals who watch crap that are currently being taken off of YouTube. Cherry Tenpenny has been promoted by most of our politicians. Uh, Well, it's good to see something being done, at least, even though you're in here, conservatives lose their minds about this. That was really a productive segment, wasn't it? It's hard to get any word in with this clown. For our main topic today, we're going to do something a little different. Instead of us... We're going to talk in Spanish. (laughs) Reading, well, I... Hola, me llamo Joseph. Uh, no habla español. Hablo. Exactly. <laughs> Instead of our usual format, <laughs> where we're mostly talking about a story or reading information and interpreting it. Or doing a deep dive on something. We're going to talk, just have a discussion between the two of us. All right. On a topic, so hopefully it's not too boring. All right, sounds good. I feel like I'm on Joe Rogan. <laughs> I'm ready. Two white guys ready to just dish it out. Let's do this. Our opinions matter. How sure are we that we landed on the moon? (laughs) So the topic is going to be, is there room for religion and the religious in progressive politics? Now, the idea for this discussion came from a Facebook post on September 2nd from podcaster and sometimes Ray Comfort Licker, Eli Bosnick, which was prompted by the new Texas abortion law. Now, his post said, The next time someone tells you atheist activism is just an intellectual exercise or ego-stroking, remind them of how today feels. Today is what happens when religion wins. And the sooner we stop pretending there's a good way to indulge the Bronze Age superstitions, the sooner we'll stop losing. So this actually prompted a response by our personal friend, Grace, who uh, we talked to quite a bit, or at least I do. And we got our permission to I I spoke to her about this, yes. And her response was, I think liberal Christians and members of other religions play an important role in progressive politics and are necessary allies of atheists and humanists. And the responses were pretty critical. <laughs> right. The responses of people. Now, this is now Eli is a atheist podcaster. One of the shows he does is The Scathing Atheist. So I imagine it does cultivate a little bit more of an aggressive atheist audience. Sure. But I was still surprised of just the idea that liberal members or progressive members of any religion being welcome in progressive of politics and necessary to be a controversial thing. So I'm going to read a couple of the responses that I found interesting. Sure. I disagree. They provide
provide a veneer of respectability for the poison that is magical thinking? What kind of oxymoron is liberal Christian? All of Christianity is mythical bull that wants laws to go back to 2,000 years ago, or at minimum the Dark Ages. You can be liberal or you can be Christian. Both isn't a thing without severe cognitive dissonance. So let's talk about this. I think there are two ways of approaching this question. You have your, we'll say, philosophical approach, which is actually getting to like the real heart of the issue here. And you have your pragmatic approach. I want to start with the pragmatic approach, if that's okay with you. So for me, no. (laughs) So for me, I always say, even though I am a secular humanist myself and an atheist, I have much more in line with a progressive Christian or a liberal Christian than I do with a conservative atheist. And we know conservative atheists. Unfortunately, we do. And we do not agree with them on a lot anymore. Nope. And there are. This really does come to the heart of the issue is being an atheist is not a political stance. No. So. Which is actually what the atheist movement used to pride itself on is being nothing more than just a stance on one particular question. And it's caused the, the politics question and politics essentially being a driving force to a lot of people activism has split the atheist community. The atheist community is not united as it once was. And we saw that we went to the Reason Rally in 2016. We did. Which was largely split because the conservative atheists felt they didn't have a place. That it was being taken over by the woke PC atheists. And you can see the difference. You look at the 2012 Reason Rally versus 2016. You see that split whereas the atheist community was and the reason rally literally is supposed to be the political gathering of atheists it's done in washington dc they have a day of political activism so yeah they lobbying. literally so they literally get together to lobby right that's the point and you saw in 2016 there wasn't a united front there it wasn't a united message no and that's the thing if you're going to talk about atheism and politics which is what this post by Eli is basically saying you're not going to have a very big pool to pull from there if you're going to exclude the religious and you're just going to make a stance based on secular humanism it's noble but good luck sure and maybe it it helps if we actually define what we're going to consider the progressive movement or progressive politics in general because that way then we can see if it's actually compatible with religion and the religious people who are supposedly progressives themselves So what do you consider progressive politics? I think progressive and progressivism is kind of a malleable word, one of those types where it gets thrown out or thrown around by a lot of different types of people who have it mean many different things. For me, progressivism definitely deals with a big universalist approach, trying to make the world a better place for as many people as possible, trying to... You could probably say government intervention is probably a a pretty big part of progressive movements, I would say. And then also really try and care for more of the collective as opposed to just the individual. Yeah, I think it is a social movement and seeks to use the power of government to better the average citizen's lives. And what we should also say, too, I mean, the whole point of why we call it progressive is to literally progress. Right. And move forward. Modernization is always a big part of it. Right. So you have lots of like early adapters, lots of science 
movements, advocates in progressive movements, because these are the ones who are trying to move our country forward, as opposed to the conservatives who want to maintain the status quo as it is. So it's all about trying to move and change what's happening for the better. Yeah, a lot of the progressive movement today has to deal with the wealth inequality yes and trying to spread that out a little bit more and have the super rich pay for these programs in order to benefit everyone basically saying that's the role of government versus the conservative small government aka i don't want to pay any taxes sure and that's probably the biggest difference so do you think religion is compatible with that? And that's a big question, because what what are we defining as religion? Well, I think that's your... So I think a lot of this will be dominated by Christianity, because we live in the United States. Right. So, but I also don't want to exclude other religions as well, but we may be talking a lot about Christianity. But I think Christianity, at least in the United States, is a good example of how, again, malleable the word religion is and how diverse these beliefs can actually be under the same types of labels. So like when you have your conservative Christians who take a much more literalist approach to the Bible, sure, they would not be compatible with any type of progressive politics because lots of like literal religious teachings are against progressivism. The point the point uh, of- are they? I think that's debatable. I think it is. But I think they start with politics first and that they define their religion based on their politics personally. Because I don't know how you can look at the New Testament and the Jesus being an itinerant preacher and relying on everyone else to fund him. He wasn't making money preaching. Sure. He collected donations and talked about how the rich can't be welcome in the kingdom of heaven, that they have to you have to give away all of your property to the poor yep. and help the needy and the sick and, and say, well, but he meant, you know, he's a libertarian. He meant that's a private enterprise and the government should stay out of it. Your politics are informing your religion. Again, you're getting into interpretation and anybody can see whatever they want. It's like religion's a big Rorschach test. Right, and I think that's a big problem with this as well. So, but I think a definite argument can be made and really it depends on the individual. And this is where I care, we're kind of moving into that other portion of what I was considering the more philosophical approach to this question as opposed to the pragmatic approach, which is I would definitely make the argument argument that religion as taught should supersede politics, or at least in Christianity it is, in Islam it is, and that at the end of the day, you should get your morality from your religion and your faith and your adherence to these doctrines. From there, you would then adjust your political worldviews and other beliefs based on those core teachings that you're taught from your faith. And the whole point of that is not being a part of the world and maintaining the status quo and maintaining the traditions taught that God is supposedly instructing you to follow. That is where I would say, if you want to really get to the core of it, religion itself would probably not be compatible if you really look at it with progressive politics. With that said, religious people who don't actually fully adhere to these doctrines, like literally in any way, then yes, they can definitely be progressive it for a lot of things it really depends on how you define your religion right i mean you have things like the unitarian universalists who are way more progressive than most atheists well look at a lot of um black baptist denominations they're some of the most crucial elements of our civil rights history in this country i mean for goodness sakes someone we were advocating for who is a definite progressive and i'd call him a progressive is a pastor Raphael warnock who just got elected to senate everybody you can think of 
none of them are out atheists, right? Bernie Sanders does not consider himself an atheist. No. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, not an atheist. No. So there's your two big leaders in the U.S. progressive political movement, not atheists. Are they not our allies because they adhere to some type of faith? So, and that's kind of what I'm getting at too, which I had a lot of issue with a lot of what was going on in this comment section of this post, which is just, we do not have power in this country, the secular movement and atheists. In fact, we are hated in this country for most of it. And we're one of the least trusted groups of people in this country. If you look at a um, recent Pew Research site, I think it was, the only thing that beat out atheists for the least trusted group in this country, I think was communists. Oh, um, I there was one of the rules in this discussion, though, is that we can't bring up polling numbers. Sorry, Joe. I didn't bring up, no, I just said like an outcome. <laughs> I didn't bring up any numbers, okay? But yeah, and even when things like that were brought up in that discussion, then people would just, well, they're fake Christians. They're not really Christians. How can you, as an atheist, define Christianity? Right. I am all for progressive religions. I think it's great. That's the solution to a lot of this problems. You want a Christian who is for abortion? Progressive Christians. You want a Muslim who's for women's rights? Progressive Islam. That's the answer to most of our problem with religious conservatism is religious progressivism. So let me give you an example. And again, now we're kind of diving back into the philosophical side of it. Let's talk about LGBTQ rights. The Bible is very explicit on same-sex rights and the status of LGBTQ people in our world. Can you be an actual Christian or one of any religion with doctrine that explicitly says that you should not support something like LGBTQ rights and still not have any kind of contradiction there or any type of cognitive dissonance. Again, I would say that it's not as explicit as you might think. With it being translated from other languages, it's not actually that clear in a lot of those passages that they're talking about homosexuality. That's the way it's been translated. But there is a lot of debate among serious scholars as to what exactly they're talking about. Sure, but most Christians are not even in that discussion. They only know the passages that they're being taught in church. And heck, even most pastors don't know about that discussion. They're but, just reading the passages in church. But there are a lot of churches that support LGBT rights. Correct. So it's not in compatible because again then you're saying that those people are wrong in their religion in their interpretation of their religion but then if that's what we're doing and okay i have absolutely no problem with letting people interpret their religion the way they want to i mean i'm sure you do as well because again if you're just gonna make stuff up you can make whatever you want up as long as it doesn't harm people and if you're going to basically use it to explicitly not harm people then great all the better much i prefer that much more to the atheist that pushes for a libertarian agenda and leaving the poor to fend for themselves. I would much rather somebody say, no, Jesus instructs me to care for the poor versus your Dave Rubin, who is less and less atheist every day, but at least at one point was an atheist and thinks that the poor should just pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Right. But I think it's hard for me to have... 
I don't know. I think it's difficult for me to actually have any meaning then to religion if, and I'm talking philosophically, if they can just say, well, I'm just going to ignore passages as I feel. But everybody does. Sure. But I'm saying like, if we're going to actually get down to the nitty gritty of it, I think there is an actual conflict that takes place. People who adhere to that religion just don't care. Well, let me ask you this. Should the losers like in a war, right? So we were just in Afghanistan when we originally went into Afghanistan and we took over and the Taliban fled. Should the U.S. soldiers been free to kill all of the men and married women they found and rape the virgin women? Would that have been fine? Would anyone agree with that? Anyone on either side politically? I think I know. Yeah, I think I know where you're going. There is certainly a religious basis if you're going to be a literal interpreter of the Bible, Mm -hmm. but yet even the most literal interpreters of the Bible would not agree with that. But I think that's because that's not how humans function, where I would say, again, it did at one point, someone wrote that down. And that's what I mean. I think, so when we talk about our own psychology of this, and now you're getting to my own wheelhouse, which is awesome, and I love this. When we talk about how our evolution of our psychology has progressed over the last, we'll say, um, couple of millennia, we need to understand that we are not consistent in the way that we evolve. In fact, when we think about things in general, the whole idea of cognitive distance is that even today, we are inundated with so much information that we pick and choose things based on several different kinds of factors that we're sometimes even unaware of to form our belief systems. So for example, a big part of psychology is social identity theory and the idea that we form all of our worldviews and beliefs based on the environments that we're in and the groups that we choose to be a part of. In fact, groups are so important or our social groups are so important to people we associate with that we will actually base everything from politics to literally what movies we like and what we don't like based on the people we share these experiences with. And when it comes to things like, I'm going to go back to like LGBTQ people, as we had more experience with LGBTQ people in our lives, we saw attitudes changing very rapidly in at least the span of human history, where I think at the core of the religious doctrine, yes, there was an actual disconnect or a contradiction or a conflict between progressive ideas of today and the traditional doctrines of 2000 years ago. But because of social identity theory and actual human psychology and the evolution of that psychology throughout these generations, we have become much warmer as a society to these types of people because we've become more exposed to them. And that's what's causing us to dismiss these traditional values that no one even cares about anymore. So I would say philosophically, there is a conflict between progressivism and religion, but pragmatically, because of how we think as humans, it doesn't matter because that's not how humans think about religion, which is actually one thing that many atheists screw up when it comes to the whole like logicking people out of religion anyway. So where does that leave us? Does that mean that there is a place for the religion in modern progressive politics? Well, let's look at it this way. We're not getting rid of religion anytime soon, whether we like it or not. I'm sure you and I would agree we would like to have a less religious world, one that focuses less on things that are literally made up of whole cloth and focus on evidence-based practice and epistemologies that are reliable, where we can learn things about the world in an actual fair and scientific way. Would you agree with that? And I think that's not incompatible with religion. If you believe that we were created by some higher power, science is just a result of our intelligence. 
And if that intelligence were granted by some outside force, then so be it. We're still supposed to use it, correct? Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm going to talk about is if that's what our goal, specifically our two's goal is, then religion will evolve over time or we are going to have to help religion evolve over time. That will mean having some people be dissuaded from leaving religion at all. And And that's okay. And that's really good, actually, because you'll have people who will start uh, adopting better epistemic for that. However, a lot of people won't relieve their religions because, again, of social identity theory, and they will have their social groups that they are a part of and the communities that those groups have developed. That's also okay. And we can have discussions, again, on a later date of whether or not should you teach someone whether or not to believe in God. That's not a political question. That's not relevant to this particular topic. That's a question for another day that we can have with those people at that time. But for now, as long as what they're doing is having positive consequences on those around around them. That's what I care about. And I think the question isn't, will religion evolve over time? Because it has. I think it's important for humanists and progressive atheists to support the religions that have evolved. And maybe that's a good point to bring up as well is humanist is not a secular identity. You can be a secular humanist. You can also be a theistic or a religious humanist as well. Right. We brought up the the UU, the Unitarian Universalists. They are as close to human as you can possibly get. They believe in universal salvation, like Jesus died for all of our sins, so we're all saved, right? Then no, like, you don't have to do anything sure. to uh, be saved. Which, honestly, if you think about it, if if you want to believe in that story, shouldn't that be the way it ends? <laughs> you know, otherwise, what's the point? Right. But And they are pretty much secular. You can not believe in God and be a member of their church. That They're fine with that. And those are the types of groups that I don't feel bad at all for supporting or saying that, you know, those people are 100% welcome in progressivism. They are as progressive, if not more, than the average progressive atheists. So I don't see the issue and I, that's why it really took me back by reading those comments and, and seeing that just hysterical well, the hatred yeah. towards the religious and it's like, what? That, those people are not the same as you're, you know, the average, and I think I get kind of where they're going, like your average Catholic who goes to church, gives money to their church, doesn't really care. They're supporting an evil organization that rapes kids. Yeah, I think like, I think that's the point, right? <laughs> or at least that's the point that they're making. Right, and I get that, but that's not every religious person. There are religious people that are much more socially conscious, and like you were saying, the, the civil rights movement, I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. was a reverend. Yep. I mean, there's no, you can't just ignore that fact. And you can't just throw out all of the religious because you're a militant atheist. If you do that, and this is getting more back to that pragmatic approach, 70% of the United States is Christian or religious. Mm-hmm. If we're limiting our political movement to just atheists, you are locking yourself out of any power. Yep, I 100% agree. But I do want to ask you a question. Let's say hypothetically, you're talking to I don't know, we'll say I don't want to give a position of power, so we'll just 
say someone who is very religious, okay? And that you're talking about politics or whatever it may be. And the person may say, yeah, I totally am all for Black Lives Matter, the LGBTQ community. I'm down with Bernie. I feel the burn, whatever it may be, right? But, and then they may go on to say something along the lines of, I also believe in that we should also all worship Jesus together and feel his love together because I don't want us going to hell or any, or something like that, where it may be some kind of very religious teaching that may make you feel weird afterwards. Do you mm. have a conversation with that person saying you're kind of going against it or there's an issue here? Or I do would you just deal with it. I would in that specific instance, I would bring up the doctrine of universalism and that, you know, why did, in your opinion, why didn't Jesus's dying for the sins of mankind work? If you still have to somehow do something else sure. to get into hell, like people who are raised in other religions are going to hell, or people that reject Christianity are going to hell, then what's the point of the death of the man god sure. in their religion? And we could have a conversation about that. I mean, obviously, I don't believe in any of it, but from a pure mythology standpoint, I think you can have that discussion. And I think you can have that same discussion around abortion that you know there honestly is no biblical basis for being against abortion or even generally being pro-life no there's not there, there just isn't i get the just natural reaction to be like you know we need to protect innocent life i get that and we can have the conversation based on that if it's going to just be constantly bringing up god or how life is somehow created by God and man doesn't have a say, it's going to be a difficult conversation to have because I obviously don't respect that. Sure. But if you're going to have an honest theological discussion for like, what is the basis of this in your faith? I can talk that way. If you want to have a discussion about what we can do to limit the number of abortions, because it is kind of an aggressive, invasive procedure, I'm willing to have that conversation. I don't like the people that use religion as just a shield for their political beliefs. And I think that's kind of the problem. If you want to say what's the problem with religion and politics, it's Jerry Falwell. <laughs> because he started the moral majority the, yeah the conservative right or sorry the conservative christian right and that's what basically baked evangelicalism into conservative politics and it's really that intersection of hardcore ronald reagan conservatism with evangelical Christianity that is the biggest problem and I think the thing that people really rail against and it's not it's not just religion because there are other denominations of the same religion that aren't as extreme there are Christians who think abortion is fine I'm a big fan of caring about why someone believes something, not just the what, if that makes sense. I care about how someone gets to somewhere and are they doing it in a rational way? And for me, am I allowed to say I don't like, even if they come to a conclusion that I may like, so for example, we'll say they're pro-choice. If they come through or if they come to that conclusion by a bad epistemology, regardless if it's religion or whatever it is, am I okay with being upset with that? Sure, process versus outcome. 
Right. So like my whole thing is if I have someone telling me that, oh, sure, you know, LGBTQ people are totally fine. God made us all equal. And they kind of get into that whole spiel. They're technically correct on, on the actual position, but they have a bad epistemology to get there. And the reason why I'm upset about that is because when you have your entire foundation set upon, oh my God, I'm making a biblical reference here. <laughs> the whole like house on the sand versus house on the rocks thing. When you have your entire worldview set on a poor epistemology, you are much more susceptible to misinformation and being duped by bad actors. And that's what's concerning me, where if you have someone who says, sure, God made us all you know, this way, well, you just made God up. So then someone could probably come up to you and then potentially influence you to say, well, no, God specifically said this and this and this in the Bible. And that could persuade people because they don't know what God is because that's actually a bad epistemology to begin with. So am I okay with being upset or against that approach, at least? It's not the way I would look at it, just because in that framework, anything that they are basing on their religious beliefs would just naturally be wrong, regardless. And they're not going to listen to you if that's what you're going to say. Is well, everything that starts from any kind of religious framework is just inherently wrong because... Well, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's inherently wrong. I'm just saying, kind of, have you ever heard of like... Well, they those... would be getting there from the wrong place, right? No matter what it is. Right, but that doesn't mean the conclusion's wrong. So like, if, right. you, if you ever had like times where maybe you were in math class and someone got the correct answer by doing incorrect math along the way somehow... But what's the incorrect math to you in this instance, if it's not just religious thought? I would say based on things that are not actually evidence-based well religion isn't really evidence-based is it that's what i mean so again i think we're still going to the same place that all religious belief or anything that stems from religious belief is just inherently the house built on sand oh so that makes more sense you were saying that it's inherently incorrect or at least it leads you to an inherently incorrect. well that's position. what you're saying like if your process is wrong and i don't care what the outcome is any process emanating from religious belief belief then would be just inherently wrong because that's the process and you're again you're not gonna I, I don't care that you think that way i don't disagree but you're certainly not it's not useful in talking to anybody about their religious beliefs if you're if that's where you're gonna come from i agree i agree to that you you have to show support for their beliefs and you have to kind of talk them in a way that actually validates what they're talking about so they will accept your positions a little bit more and again that yeah, they're not going to listen to you if you if you're just like well let me just state that anything coming from religious belief is is just inherently wrong because it's not based on evidence and and reason that's going to be the end of the conversation sure and i think well maybe this is a better way we'll kind of bring it back to this example that you had before which which is, we'll say, the Catholic Church, right? Mm -hmm. Where maybe they, I know people who are a part of a group called pro-choice Catholics, and they give their money to the Catholic Church, they go every Sunday, but they have this pro-choice position. Heck, our president is a pro-choice Catholic. Correct. I still have issue with them, like you said, having some kind of disconnect between their political beliefs and then their religious foundations of those beliefs who are telling them the exact opposite. Well, maybe I can state it this way. I think politics and religion 
religion should be 100% separate. And certainly, we both agree with that. Separation of church They and should state. be, you said, correct? Yes, they yes. should be. Yes. Like, I don't care what your personal religious beliefs are. You shouldn't make that the basis for legislation. If you want to say that it informs, like, my faith and what I believe in Jesus, whatever, informs my positions, that's great. I don't want to see the Ten Commandments outside of the courthouse. That's kind of the line. But I don't want representatives saying what you just said either. I don't want them on the House floor saying. Right. I don't like don't. That's fine if it is literally the basis for their morality, whatever, if that's what they believe. I don't care. But yeah, don't preach on public time. That's. Sure. Not acceptable. But, but that's kind of what I'm, exactly what I'm talking about, though, is where, and maybe it's because now I'm starting to get a little bit, I don't want to say fundamentalist, but I, <laughs> I want to say, like, I have a very rigid view of what religion should be, I guess, if I in my potential perfect world, which is if you want to believe something that is religious or spiritual, go for it. I am 100% supportive. And if it makes you happy, that's also fantastic. But when it comes to politics, I want you to focus on what we can actually measure and observe and not not just making things up based on these unprovable and unfalsifiable beliefs that you may have. That's kind of my concern. Because when we have religion in government, you have people who are talking about how they both speak to God who are on completely opposite sides of the argument and no one gets anywhere because they both think they have the ultimate truth at their disposal and they'll never budge on it. That's what concerns me. Well, from the pragmatic side, it really doesn't matter if you're talking about religion or political beliefs belief. It's about the same immutability when it comes to trying to change anyone's mind. Well, sure. But I think that when you have that idea of saying, or when you have at least two people who are completely on opposite sides, and we see this all the time, right? Where you have the right or the conservative right saying that they basically own the idea of being Christian in this country and that they are the Christian political party of this country. And then you have people like Pete Buttigieg who are saying, well, I'm a Christian. Now what? I think that's what we need need though we do need that pragmatically we do need that but if we're going to talk about this philosophically that doesn't get us anywhere and that's my concern and that's where i know it's confusing but that's why i want to make it very clear that there are two separate ways of approaching this question which is the philosophical side which is the roundtable discussion of what you and i are having right now and the pragmatic side which is i don't give a rip at all what your religious beliefs are as long as you care for fighting for the same issues i care about and that's kind of the other half of the equation i want separation of church and state but both ways. Mm-hmm. If you're going to say, well, Biden is a Catholic who's pro-choice, how can that be? I also want politics to stay out of religion. Yes. I don't care whatever his beliefs. I, I was raised Catholic personally. I It, in a lot of ways, is very modern and progressive. Yes, there's the children raping and covering up, but like I was taught science and, and evolution well, and all right. that. And when most I, people talk about like religion, religious member or religions, they also have to understand that that is not the same for like these millions, if not billions of religious members who do not think that way. And there are certainly much more conservative Catholics and my family who never went to church. Yep. I'm not going to attack anybody on their politics 
through their religion either. I'm not going to say, well, Ilan Omar is Muslim. How can she hold the positions that she holds? In the, the surah, it says, yeah, that's, again, keep keep your politics out of religion, keep religion out of politics, and we'll all be a lot happier. Yep. So, well, okay, let me ask you this, though. I know we're going back and forth, but do you think it is actually possible, psychologically, to keep your religion and politics separate? I think explicitly it is. Like, again, no reading scripture when you're in a session at Congress. But religion doesn't need to have... Again, you're not... I don't care if you you think your basis in morality comes from that. your religious beliefs as long as you grant me the same and don't question how i can be moral being an atheist which is something that we hear quite a bit sure like if i'm willing to grant you that your beliefs are informed by your faith and not get into that or question it then just give me the same room and yeah. and I, we're fine so i don't care that you want to say that that's where the where your thoughts originate where your beliefs originate and it's kind of the opposite of what you were saying before that that does bother you that if that's where you're coming from you don't care what well again it depends on how you want to approach the question and where to me that's what you're saying right now is my pragmatic approach i don't care what you do but philosophically i do not think it is possible and i mean psychologically too i don't think it is possible to separate religion from politics when we're talking about worldviews and behavior because it, at the end of the day this is all morals and ethics that we all have to try to deal with every single day so for me sure let's actually let's be fair here let's say if we talk about ilhan omar not like another crazy Christian Republican. Is she progressive? You bet your ass she is. Is she fighting for almost every single thing that I would want her to fight for without falling too harsh? I think so. I'm like 99% sure. Are there still probably remnants from her religion that she is maybe even unconsciously carrying over and it, that's informing her political beliefs in ways that I would not want them to. I would also say most likely yes. And that's a concern for me is if, if philosophically, pragmatically, I don't care because it's not explicit like you said, but philosophically being exposed to different things like religion will influence you, which will in turn influence your beliefs for your entire life. And that's going to influence your politics, whether you like it or not. But so does everything else that happens to you in your life. I agree. And that's where I'm saying I have the specific issue with bad epistemologies as opposed to good epistemologies. And I just consider religion a bad epistemology. And that's it. That's how it is for me. So for me, it's about slowly bringing people away towards bad epistemologies, not necessarily just religion or religious traditions, but just these bad epistemologies that are negatively impacting them, even in the slightest way, while we're still fighting for all the things that we want to fight for. No one says you have to stop atheist activism just because you accept religious people in your politics you are you are reading my mind right now (laughs) and that's exactly what i'm talking about where again going i think maybe to finish this out in my perfect world religious progressives will be hand in hand with progressive atheists and fighting for the things we want because if we don't we are going to get our butts kicked by the crazy radical right-wing people who are trying to destroy this country right now we cannot let them own religion yes but while we're doing that let's also try to move people away from these bad epistemologies 
epistemologies and these bad ideas that may not seem that harmful, but are actually leading them to irrational decisions down the line, and maybe even in ways that they don't even realize it. That's all I'm saying. And then progressively, as we go on for generations, we're not going to have religion end in our lifetimes for sure, but we'll slowly see more and more people leave religious traditions as they're being taught more about scientific bases of thought, philosophical ethics, and morals, where they don't need this type of dogma and doctrine anymore, even if they're not taking it seriously. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you in the next episode. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at ThinkProPod. You can email us at ThinkProPod at gmail.com. And remember, when in doubt, think progressively. Get rid of all that. I didn't like any of that. I'm going to shut up. Now what the f*** are you going to Jesus.